0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: This is Double Tap Canada from AMI Audio, the place where blind people talk tech.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another Double Tap Canada. It is I, Stephen Scott, back with you once again for another week of uh, technology talk and discussion about all kinds of interesting things. Uh, This week, as always, the usual nonsense with um, the usual nonsensical people. I've got Sean Priest over there. Hello, Sean. Goodbye, Stephen Scott.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tim Schwartz is also here. Hi, Tim. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Sean. Or goodbye, Sean, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm alive. I'm so happy that I'm alive. Are you feeling better now? Oh, I'm almost there. I, I started a downward spiral last week on the show. Literally, I think during the show, it was going all to, to nothing. And the last <laughs> week has just been awful. But uh, But I'm almost back. I'm almost there.
0: Do you know? I have to say, I'm really pleased that you're you're feeling better because it now means I don't need to hear any more about it. That's that. I'm so, so chuffed <laughs> about that. I'm, I'm a happy man now. Caring Stephen, oh, as you
2: though that. you <laughs> never that. tell us about anyway. I never tell you about anything. I'm <laughs> okay, I'm always perfect, on.
0: always amazing, play company. nicely. Hey, listen, I uh, uh-huh. forgot that we've got to start the show with something here uh, because we've kind of been hoisted by our own batard. I've no idea what that means, but I've heard it's really? on, on a TV show, so it must be a real thing. Uh, so, <laughs> we've got to start with this. Oh, come on!
1: Candy, candy.
0: Yeah, we were supposed to sing this this week, weren't we? Yes,
1: but um, sadly, that didn't happen. Oh, no.
0: I'm sure the listeners oh. are are,
1: <laughs> are so unhappy about that. Well you know, Tim was unwell, so we couldn't, we couldn't he wasn't well enough to sing, no, no, we got be in fine voice for this, so next week it will happen,
2: yeah yeah or it might be yeah not. sure we'll we'll try <laughs> let's
0: move on um well, look, we've got lots to talk about this week there is uh, a lot to discuss. we're going to be talking about um the future of mobility is it all going to be uh robotic guide dogs replacing our fluffy ones uh <laughs> maybe we can get a fluffy robot dog that can be good um no (laughs) I don't think they do fluffy dogs do they (laughs) anyway uh, smart canes as well uh, could be replacing the humble white cane Mm -hmm. is this a good thing is it a bad thing we're going to talk about that um I think you've been doing some work this week, Sean. Are you, all right? Are you feeling all right? Feeling I'm, better. The... You must be feeling
1: amazing. I'm the only healthy one amongst us. And yes, I have been doing some work. I've been oh, looking. Stop it. I've been looking into, I'm the oldest one as well. <laughs> I've been looking into yeah. Firefox voice and voice control of websites. Is it any good? Is it the future?
0: Hmm.
1: Well, I'll let you know.
0: Okay, mm. well, well, that is exactly where we're going to start because huh. um, this topic interested me this week. Frankly, because uh, we'd read about Firefox coming out with a new extension that meant that we'd be able to talk to our browser. So it kind of gave us the idea that the you know, browser, this, this would actually talk be.
1: to the websites, talk to... Yeah. Sorry, Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> I love that film. Talk to the browsers. <laughs>
0: Sorry, carry on. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. i think. Is that in that film? Let me just, let me just Google. That. It should Hang be. On. If it's not,
2: uh, <laughs> that's yeah, how Doctor yeah, Do little researches star, the you... animals. He he talks to the browser Correct. to research. I guess the there is wow. no research done here whatsoever. <laughs> I don't want
0: anyone to get the wrong idea about this program. Uh, but yeah, we did we did actually in, in fitness we did look into this one, which is the uh, the whole thing about uh, Firefox and voice control. And uh, yeah, the the idea we kind of came out with was. Um, well, this could be the future for us. This could be really good news for blind people because if websites are able to be accessed through Lady A or the Nest Home or whatever, then that could be good because if a website's accessible that way, then it's more accessible to us. means we we'd have to fight with websites, OK? So um, mm-hmm. Sean this week decided to uh, download it. We were all supposed to download it, but yeah, I was busy and Tim was ill. So you know, yeah, was there like was it. no
2: me talking to it to even try it out. It, it would have been, <gasps> oh, God, yeah, it would have help been awful. Me, help. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be about it, really. Wasn't
0: yeah. It? Uh, so um, yeah, you tried it out for us, and uh, your thoughts, Sean, of voice control on the Firefox mm-hmm. web browser. Well, it's tantalising, you know, it should
1: be amazing, but it was absolutely terrible. Oh, a bit like your
0: love life, right? Okay. So, um... Oh, wow! wow. <laughs> really bad. Okay. Wow. Uh, That's uh, so accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Sarah's told me. So, um, anyway, the the thing is that the... Unbelievable. The, it's an extension that goes into the browser, <laughs> and... You talk, but what do you say to? Is it? Do you get the range of questions that you can ask, say, Lady A? Or
1: yeah, of course, you get. You do get a list, and look, this is nothing to do with smart speakers, nothing to do with the Google Home or the Amazon Echo. This is purely uh, on computer. This is uh, a desktop solution. So yeah, as you not said, not through the app yet. No, 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 so this is just a extension or an add on Firefox calls them that you uh, that you do add on and it is in beta at the moment, so for me to say it's terrible it 's actually unfair because this is still in progress. It may get absolutely fantastic, but at the moment it really doesn't work that well but who knows how that's going to go? So you you turn this on, and there is a keyboard shortcut. Once you've installed it, there's a keyboard shortcut. I think it's uh, in Windows, it's Control and the full stop key. You press that, you get a little ding, and then you tell it, you know, go to. <laughs> you, get, you get a what? You get a ding <laughs> noise. Wow, that's exactly I want to what it I want does. To have <laughs> I know. And you can do things... I'm it. Stop it. You can do things <laughs> such as tell it to go to a website, or you can uh, go to Next Tab. Um, if you're in something like YouTube or Netflix, you should be able to say, uh, pause, play, or skip, uh, and things like that. Or the general... <laughs> should. Should, uh, yes. Should. Now, should. Uh, as, as I said, like, I feel a little unfair by coming out of the gate saying it, it was terrible, but that was my experience. But this is... Uh, a work in progress. So who knows how this will go. And I do, as I said, I, th- I think this is really tempting. The idea of just being able to, to say a website and you go there and, and read article was one that I was trying to get to work. And it, it sort of works sometimes. Just, you know, read that article and it starts reading it to you. is fantastic. And yeah. that, hang on. <laughs> and the whole, the whole point of this for me I want
3: to speak. is
1: it's not your show. <laughs> Although it is this the whole point is if we can do this through something like smart speakers, then the web really does start to open up, and accessibility becomes less of an issue than it is at the moment
0: I think it 's interesting because if you 've got the uh, Safari browser on your iPhone and you go into a website you 'll get reader view and it doesn 't always work. There are a lot of websites that reader view on articles doesn 't work i don 't know if it 's because of the way the website's built. Uh, Sometimes you'll get view working, but then you only get some of the page. Um, Sometimes you only get the headline of the article. It doesn't load the whole thing up. So I I don't know. Maybe it's the same here. And and, and of course, to be fair, this is very early days. It is very early days of this. Uh, The read article thing is probably what intrigues me most. Uh, Because it kind of allows us to have, I think, great for people who maybe don't use screen readers, who maybe have some vision left, who are able to navigate with maybe some magnification. But for long articles, you can just say, read article, and it will do that for you. So the potential is good here. But this is for everyone, Tim, isn't it? It's not just for us. Well,
2: exactly. This is something, as you said, if you are someone who... You know, even if you're not visually impaired or even don't have a mobility issue where you can't use a keyboard or, or keystrokes on the keyboard, this is something that can help keep your eyes from getting overly tired, you know, help you to read an article. And that was the part that I was really interested in. It's a shame that so far in the beta it's not working, but again, like Sean said, it is beta. And what really interests me about this is that Firefox is doing this as this free add-on you know, slash extension for their browser, because this is basically, I don't want to compare it side by side, but this would be a free version of something like Dragon Naturally Speaking, which is a pay program similar to, you know, yeah. uh, our screen readers like JAWS and NVDA where, well, not NVDA because it costs, but but either way, it's it's a program that allows you to, you know, navigate your your operating system and it and actually does cost, you know, quite a bit of money like JAWS. That's what I was trying to get at. I'm still on cold medication apparently well done um, but yeah, um,
0: and i think i think i think cortana was going that route as well wasn't it it was that trying almost to suggesting cortana to, but, Cortana's... but then someone took it out the someone took it out the back and yeah. shot it because it's clearly dead in the water is now. it though is it because
1: i, I it haven't is. tried it in so long it was such a pain to actually get turned on in that uh, start menu that was inaccessible when windows 10 first came out i think oh, yeah. a lot of people did not even bother with it um I haven't tried it in such a long time. I wonder just how good or bad Cortana is now.
2: Bad.
0: Well, I, I know even setting up the computer, I thought she was a pain in the neck uh, going through the whole process. I mean, unless you use Narrator. Easier. Well, yeah, but you ended up just using Narrator. And, and it would talk. The thing is, it was kind of built to be. In, in the UK, I don't know if you've got this in America, Tim, but in the UK, we have these talking train toilets that are extremely annoying. Are let you me show sure? you
2: talking
0: i've never train seen that in my toilet. life were you drunk you've never you've <laughs> never had the talking train toilet no. oh it's the i'm gonna go in there might sound a bit weird but have i'll to take record to one. one day uh, yeah i'll <laughs> take you to a train toilet um but yeah i've in, heard in, of pay the,
2: toilets in europe and in the uk but like where you have to put the money in to open the door but never a talking toilet yeah
0: yeah uh, but what it does is so you oh. go into the toilet this is on the the national trains going going up and down the country and you uh you get on there you walk into the toilet, and I think it's like a 16-year-old girl who's currently the voice of the toilet. And she says, now, whatever you... now, this this toilet has got dietary requirements, and there's certain things you can't throw down there, including, you know, your ex-lover or your, you know, favorite book. Uh, and it <laughs> sure. tells you what you can't put down. To... Yeah, it's a real thing. I'm not making this up. Go okay. Check it out. All right, I will do. Google it. Okay. Google the Talking Train Toilet. <laughs> anyway, the reason I'm saying that is because that's the kind of personality they put into Cortana. I'm not saying that... You modelled Cortana on a train toilet. What I'm saying is that it's got the similar personality. Annoying. So um, (laughs) for me, anyway, I I just find that quite irritating. I'd rather just get to the, I'm just the facts, ma'am. So that's all I'm interested in. And that's why I like Narrator for that. Anyway, uh, what I am interested in is Lady A on my PC. And you can now get an app uh, from the Microsoft Store, which does exactly that. It gives you Lady A. Not all the functions. I don't think you can play music on it. I don't think there are certain uh, features like drop-in that would work on it. But you can do the time, the date, check your calendar, all the kind of things that a lot of us do. And I'm thinking for a business solution, for someone in, in the office, I, I am very keen to use this on my work computer. Unfortunately, it's one of these locked-down things that you have to you know, send a letter on a Tuesday uh, when the moon is in line with <laughs> Jupiter to get IT to do it. So um, hopefully it'll happen. But I, I am intrigued by this. I'd really like to see more Lady A... In the, the machines we've got, because, I mean, you know, imagine Lady A on your television as well. Oh,
1: imagine it's already here. Now, how well that works. I mean, you've both got the far cube, which is <laughs> apparently
2: terrible. It's I don't like it. It's amazing if you know how to use that it correctly. not no,
1: I
0: am using it correctly but I live in a country that doesn't adopt these things that's Well, this the is true this, is, this true. is the issue you know it's, it's not adopted properly in this country it's also terrible
2: well and the thing I like about Lady A being integrated in so many different things especially Windows I'm just going to move past that um, <laughs> is,
0: uh, is actually <laughs> that's a conversation for another it is too. yes
2: um, my Lady A actually I, I could ask her to play music on Windows so that does work but you're right it's more like drop oh, in good. yeah drop in and, and those kind of things don't work and, and there's some reasons behind that, I guess. But what I like is that just like on your actual Echo device, where you can use apps like OneNote or Evernote and combine those with Lady A through, you know, through the app and the service, you can do the same thing on Windows. If you've connected those skills with Lady A, then you're using the same skill, and so you can talk to uh, a note app or skill like you know a OneNote or Evernote, or you can check your emails. And once you've set all that up with Lady A through the the app, you know the Amazon app. You could do all those same things on your PC on the desktop, and I'd like mm. being able to do that just sitting at my microphone at my computer, where I could do it in another room or you know sitting next to my Echo. But if I'm already at my computer doing other things, just asking Lady A to do it, and you used to have to push a button, you know, hold in a key, kind of like what Sean was talking about with Firefox Voice, uh, but you don't have to do that anymore. Lady A can be listening in the background for the wake word, just like on any other Echo. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's brilliant, they did change that quite, quite that. a bit back. So it makes it so much nicer and not fully integrated, but close enough in a way.
0: I was at the C, uh, one of the CES stands. It was Asus, I think, were, were promoing a new laptop. And they were really going on about the fact that Lady A was built in and it could do <laughs> all kinds of wonderful things. And I said, hang on a minute. Can't you just get this app from the Windows Store? I was like, yeah, harsh, you know, <laughs> closing ejected. up a door behind me and, you know, I could hear a, a gun being cocked. Uh, it was like, yeah, yeah. But, get
1: out now. But the difference um, being with that laptop was that you could do it when that laptop was closed and
2: it wasn't booted yeah. up. It was built yeah, into the hardware from so. the app itself. It's almost like having... A mini Echo in the laptop, yeah,
1: yeah. But look, it, yeah. it's a great app. I'm from a Windows Store app as well. I hate Windows Store apps; they're usually terrible to navigate. But it works well, and it gives a Windows people, Store is
2: terrible to navigate.
1: Well yeah, exactly. But it gives well. people a, a easy way to try an Amazon Echo without paying any money at all. As long as you've got an Amazon account, you download this app, and you can try out most of the services. It does play music as well over here.
0: Well, you know, look, I will say um, it's not unusual for us to maybe go off topic a little bit, so we will. Uh, You you mentioned about the (laughs) Windows Store being horrendous, and you're absolutely right. Interesting, though, have you tried – Tim, I'm going to ask you this because you will have tried it. Sean, you'll have no idea what we're talking about because we're going to discuss (laughs) an adult screen reader. Um,
2: Scan mode, the new scan mode in JAWS 2020, have you tried this? Actually – I have, and I like it quite a bit. I was intrigued by it when Narrator had their kind of you know a version of scan mode, and uh, gave you some options. And now with Jaws 2020, which I, I, I thought I had, and then like two weeks ago or so, I realized no, I'm still in 19. Um, so I upgraded. Ugh, and the times, Daddy, Oh, I know it's we're a month and a half in. Jeez, my, <laughs> how dare I? Uh, but uh, but no, I have tried the new scan mode. And it works a little bit better. Yeah. You know, People that are familiar with JAWS mode as opposed to PC mode, you can scan the screen a little bit more using that uh, mode with, with JAWS to, as a screen reader. But this scan mode takes that to a whole nother level. And, yeah, I, I have played with the Windows Store a little bit using that. And that does seem to help.
0: Yeah, I'm loving it. I, I love the fact in settings you get so much more. I used to have to go into Narrator. When I was in Windows settings, just to get into that granular level of information, or you know, get yes. to the the dialogue box text, um, because you don't want to just hit you know, insert down arrow and listen to the whole thing. It's impossible. And I'm thinking about things like properties boxes as well. Sometimes I go into the properties boxes because uh, I get bored and uh, you know, check something <laughs> out. And I'm looking for something like maybe the file size or whatever it is, and it won't give me that information through Jaws. I'm hoping Scan Mode will will change that. Anyway, that's aside. No, um, let's,
1: yeah, totally took us off course. Yeah, no idea what we're talking about. Well,
0: we're kind of going to do the same again because you know, (laughs) we're talking here about ways to interact, uh, with our devices. And I do think, I mean, I was kind of hoping we'd be coming out of this with a much more positive experience of this. I think it's very early days for voice control on computers, which is ironic considering how powerful these little devices are, these little echoes are, and all the rest. But, um, it's obviously a bit more complicated with a computer. I will say the closest I've seen. To real voice control in a computer is actually with the mac, and it 's built in voice control. That is the first time i 've seen a really well done <sighs> laid out oh stop Windows it.
1: has voice control oh, as well who
0: cares right let 's move on um so <laughs> It's quicker to
1: use a keyboard all around. That's simple do as that. You know,
0: I, I, am, I am just, I am so away from a PC. I use a PC because I have to use a PC. And that's the only reason I use it, because I have to. Um, but for me at the moment, my, my setup at the moment is just divine. Bose frames, loving. Mix that with the iPhone 11 Pro, although in fairness, any 11, or any iPhone would do. And uh, my little Braille display. I'm in love I shouldn't show yeah, this a lot because my wife's not far away. But
1: yes,
2: yeah.
1: It sounds like the way you've been going on about this is that you've found it. you found the holy grail of a system that, that works for you. And it does sound great. It sounds so portable, doesn't it, with the Bose frames and the iPhone in your pocket?
0: Yeah. Well, we are going to talk a lot more about Braille next week on the show, so I'm not going to spoil too much of it. I'll give you more detail on that next week. I'm also going to demo how I actually use my Braille display with my iPhone just to show people how it works. Um, so, yeah, we'll do that next week on the show. But anyway, let's uh, let's talk about slide-to-type. You mentioned on the show a while back about how wonderful slide-to-type is. And I don't think Tim and I Hello. were particularly sure about this. Um, no. I certainly yeah. wasn't. So... Uh, <laughs> Philistines. Well, you are going to tell us now all about it, aren't
1: you? I am. And as you always complain that my features are far too long and boring, I've come up with a totally different style. Here it is. This is a high-speed how-to on Slide to Type. Let's go! Slide to Type is a new way to enter text using the on-screen keyboard in iOS 13. Instead of having to tap on each letter of the word you're trying to enter, using Slide to Type, you can select the first letter of the word and then without lifting your finger, simply slide it to the next letter and so on until the word is done. This kind of typing is called gesture-based or pattern-based typing because it's like drawing a pattern on the screen. The most important thing is that you don't have to be accurate in hitting each letter of the word. Just slide to the general area of the letter you're trying to type and it'll work it out. You can be sloppy, which also means you can be fast.
2: How does it work?
1: Good question. As you may have noticed, slide to type is turned on by default. To turn the feature on or off, go to settings, general, keyboard and swipe through until you find slide to type also be aware that the slide to type feature will not work if you have your typing mode set to standard it's only available in touch typing or direct touch mode i have the standard ios on-screen keyboard up set to touch typing mode now let's type the word hello firstly find the first letter and keep your finger on that letter until it makes this noise K- K- H hotel now without lifting a finger, simply slide to the next letter, in my case, E. And remember, you don't have to be exact, just in the general area. So I'm just gonna slide up and to the left. He, he. As you can hear, voiceover announces the word it thinks you're trying to type. If I lifted my finger now, it would type he. But let's carry on and slide to the L. Hi, Hill,
2: Hill.
1: There we go. Now for words with double letters. You don't have to worry about that. It'll figure it out for itself. So let's slide up for the O. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. That's it. That's the word I wanted. If I lift my finger now, the word will be typed in whatever text field I'm in. It also types a space ready for the next word so I can just carry on typing.
2: Additional information.
1: I know lots of people have turned the slide to type feature off, as it can be annoying as if you wait too long on a letter, slide to type kicks in. Hopefully Apple will give us a way to change the time delay later on. But until then, I would say give it a go because it can really speed up your typing. And that's
0: a high speed how to. Boosh! Okay, thanks for that, Sean. There you go. Slide to type. I'm still not convinced, if I'm honest. Oh,
1: no, listen, everyone keeps turning it off and complaining about it because it's new and not quite sure what's going on. So when you actually know how it works, it can be
0: really useful. Uh, it, I'm right. not saying it's fantastic, but it's definitely something you should take a look at. It's not fantastic, but it can be useful. Again, like Sean Preece. Uh, no, no <laughs> look, um... Here's the thing... Uh... Sorry, I'm really getting to you this week. I don't know why. I must be starting. I think I need more coffee. (laughs) Um, Okay, it's interesting because there's a new update for iOS 13 that's come out this week uh, iOS 13.3.1. I didn't want to download this because I'd seen a few tweets going around saying it really knackers Braille functionality on the phone. So, you know, imagine my joy when I wake up the next morning and my phone says, oh, we've updated you. Thanks. Hooray. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to turn that off. <laughs> That's an annoying feature. But uh, Hang on a minute. Yeah.
2: Is, was that this week? That was a while yeah, ago, Yeah, wasn't I didn't it? want to interrupt him, Sean, but 13.3.1 no, well, was out like two or three weeks ago, but if you did an automatic update, it does wait yeah. like two weeks before it actually installs it, I think, so it doesn't do it immediately, but if you got I, it, I the moment it. it came out, it was like two or three weeks ago.
0: Well, it, it, was, it was the tweets that were bothering me about the, the Braille issue. Anyway, my uh, feeling is that there's actually no issue with Braille at all that I can find. Uh, still able to control everything. Fine. The only issue is that the sticky messages, as I call them. Um, oh, yes, I know. I come yes. up with the best names ever, don't I? <sighs> uh, well, the sticky messages or the sticky mail. Oh, dear. Um, well, that is still persisting on the uh, on the phone. So I, that is not going away anytime soon. In fact, I would say it's
2: worse. Yeah, I can't predict it anymore because it used to be almost every single notification and now it's yep. most of the time, but not all of the time. And sometimes it's mail, sometimes it's another app. I, I can't even predict it anymore. So yeah, it's just so frustrating.
0: Should we maybe change our notification alerts? I mean, what have you got? You've got banners, badges, and alerts, haven't you? So there's different ways we could do it. I'm wondering if we should just change it. Maybe I might try. but well, either way, speech. it's
1: going to stay on. Either the, way, stay on sticks. the screen. I've
2: tried. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: You want it to
0: flash up and then
1: disappear, and that's the problem. Especially when you got voiceover on, because I've noticed that it will just keep repeating
2: the, the stuck, the stick. Every right, one minute, it'll read it, and then it gives it a <laughs> one minute because it'll say two minutes ago. Three minutes ago. Every time it reads it, yes, it tell you how many yes. minutes and it's been exactly to the minute. It, it just keeps reading it until you dismiss it. And this
0: it. has created a new problem for me because now I'm sitting thinking, was that only four minutes ago? That felt like a yes. lifetime ago. It's <laughs> amazing. But, yeah, that, that's the only other issue I've found. Generally, though, I'm finding that they must be fixing a lot of the issues that were in uh, voiceover, in particular in voiceover. Uh, at the beginning of iOS thirteen, because it's not, I'm, I'm not having as many problems. A few focus issues, but I think that's generally down to apps themselves, not the, not the OS. I,
1: I, I'm sort of torn on this one because when not long ago we we were talking about iOS thirteen and we said, you know, is it time for people to update? And I think we came down on the side of, you know, what? It's fine if you want to update. If there's a feature you really want, then it's fine. Um, But I'm slightly torn on why we've still got these bugs in it. And I I still stand by the fact that none of them are showstoppers. There's no massive bug in there that makes it terrible to use or impossible to use. They're all annoying things, like the notification. Um, But why these haven't been fixed? Because they do seem like they should be minor bugs to fix. And yet, you know, where we're at now, and they're still there, it it is slightly annoying.
0: (laughs) I was going to say it just like Sean Priest, but I can't do it again. Yes, good, that's thank three you. Three times. I that's can't it. Do it. And I'm there leaving. was a fourth in there somewhere as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, sorry, it's going to become that joke all the way through, I think. That's it. <sighs> We've just decided to do it. Uh, just remember, guys, we're all friends here. Yes, there you go. Thank you oh, no. for being <laughs> a friend. Yeah, absolutely. How
1: many tunes were in that pack? There must be more than two, surely. Well,
0: yeah, that's, old, that's all you're getting this week.
1: That's the only ones you've put on your mixer. I've got it.
0: Uh, Look, we've still got emails to come. Uh, The future of mobility, is it all going to be robot guide dogs and smart canes? And if so, is that a good thing? Uh, We're going to be talking about that soon here on uh, Double Tap Canada. Stick around.
3: And now we're back with the
1: Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of
3: view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada.
0: And we're going to dip into the emails, I think. It's probably time that we uh, hear what our lovely audience has to say. Uh, And to help us with that, we've got Mark Aflalo. Hi, Mark. Hello. Right, let's get into the emails then, shall we? Uh,
3: Here's the first one. Our first email is from Mario. Hello, Stephen, Sean, and Tim. I'm a listener from Croatia, and I want to tell you that your show is great. It is educational and fun. Here's a problem that I'm trying to solve for at least 10 years. I'm searching for any arranger keyboard I could use as a totally blind person. Back in 2012, I purchased Yamaha's PSR-S910 because I knew that there were a few blind people who used it or similar keyboards. I tried to teach myself to use it for performances, but it was impossible. It's hard to memorize all the menus of the keyboard and be fast and efficient when you must use it on a performance. I could use it in my studio, but in any performances, no way. When you're playing a wedding party, people don't have the patience to wait for you to count as you press the buttons and, if you make a mistake, wait for you to try it again. Recently, Yamaha launched a Genos keyboard, the first one with a touchscreen, and I thought, okay, that's it. We can't use mm-hmm. their keyboards anymore without accessibility features built in. Half a year after they launched Genos, I heard about something called Voice Guide for Genos, and I thought, well, great. Now I can finally be able to use a fully functional keyboard like I use my iPhone. However, after reading the documentation about VoiceGuide, I found out that they aren't using a screen reader for their keyboard, but a bunch of wave files that are somehow triggered by keyboard. I knew this is not good. It would be good for a microwave oven or some other device that always has the same message to speak to you, but for a more interactive approach, you must have a screen reader built in the machine or an app for another machine that can control the keyboard. I sent a letter to Yamaha pointing out the problem and requesting a solution, but it would be great if more blind people sent the same request to them. If we make some pressure on them, maybe it'll be possible for them to do something about it. It's like you said, Stephen, even if you don't watch and listen to audio described videos, please tell people about the problem so that we know the problem exists. Sincerely yours, Mario. Absolutely. I can't agree mm. more with
0: that. Yeah, I mean, that that's the challenge, isn't it, is getting the word out there. I must admit this is not an area I know much about. In fact, I would say that my no. experience of playing the keyboard extends to a Casio keyboard when I was 10. I well, should say as well, well you, don't want to, you know, you, do, you, know you, do, you go to meetings sometimes and they say to you, um, you know, can you tell us an interesting fact about yourself? And I always tell them uh, that I was a church organist. Um, and it's, it's not a lie. It's true. I was for about four years. I was a church organist. That's really? why I did in my spin. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and more people are, people aren't surprised that I was a church organist. That's are surprised that I was allowed in a church. Um, he didn't burst into flames. It it it. it <laughs> in door um, it's funny actually, it's, it's hilarious you say that because we'd only just been to Notre Dame Cathedral and well you know the rest. It wasn't me though. Wow. Nothing to do with me. It was Steve wow. just, um, I bumped it's, into it's a moved That's off. a funny thing about that, huh? Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How hilarious! Well Tim, you're the muse, though of, of the group, are you? apart from
2: our church organist I, here. I, I am to a certain extent. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've not had any experience with any accessible uh, piano keyboards. I wish I had. I do know one or two people that maybe I can try to reach out to and see if they can help us answer this question next week. But my experiences have been very similar that, uh, you, you know, your keyboards, your Yamahas, your Casios, whatever, as advanced as they are today, even even like the really super high end, what they call Clavinova, which... Is basically you can get a, a, a an upright piano or even a grand size piano that has uh, you know electronics built in and you know on screen and all that and you can have it play backgrounds and backing tracks and all that. Those have touch screens, but again, they're not accessible. Just like uh, this Yamaha. So it, it it is unfortunate if you want to do more than just play the actual piano or play the keyboard and you want all the other features to work accessibly. I'm not aware of anything, but I do know there are some blind uh, keyboard players out there. So I'll see if I can maybe get an answer for us on this. But it is frustrating, especially when, you know, you, you want to be able to do this and, and you're trying to, to run it for, you know, say, a church event or some other sort of concert or whatever. And everybody's relying on you and you can't do it without seeing it. So uh, I, I totally get it.
0: It's a bit of a stereotype, isn't it, that all blind people are great at the piano. Uh, and it's ironic <laughs> that two or three of us actually play it. Um, but, you know, it's it's yes. like, <laughs> but it's true. It seems to be one of those things. And you'd think that companies like Yamaha would be focusing in on this more. Now, I do know I did have a conversation with Yamaha, I'm thinking about two years ago now it might have been, and they were talking to us about possibly creating some kind of accessibility. But it was on that same line of that collection of WAV files in a, in a machine which was kind of picking up no, it's not a screen reader. You know, it's not that. It's it's just no. It's pre-recorded, pre-recorded isn't it? Yeah. It's a
1: lot like the old dab radios used to be oh, over here.
0: Terrible, yeah. So
1: right. if something changes, you know, in, in a firmware update or something, then it no longer
2: works. So yeah, yeah it's it's not really and I, and I do usable. And I do want to point out that this is the difference between somebody trying to take a keyboard like this to a church or to an event. And, and the difference between that and what Stevie Wonder uses. Because I know some people will be like, well, wait. He, he plays piano and, and plays electric keyboards and things. But what he has is very customized specifically for him and his purposes. I've actually watched some things on that and, and read a bit about it. And what he has is horribly expensive and uh, very customized and not for you know people like us. Um, you know, I don't want to speak for our friend in Croatia. How dare you? But, uh, it, for people it, like it, us. But, but You know what I mean? I mean, you know, the, the people so that don't oh, have so. the... Money that Stevie yeah. Wonder has is what I'm talking about. Your pocketbook. Although I don't know, Steven might be able to afford it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I'm sure there's as you said, Tim, I, I know a few people that, that play the keyboard, so I'm sure there's an answer out there, and I'm sure there must be an accessible option. So someone will let us know
0: if Tim doesn't next week. Okay. Um well let's move on to another email then, shall we, Mark?
3: Next email is from Derry. Hi Steven, Tim and Sean. Yes, it's Derry back to you. Last time I asked you, what was your favorite way to record audio? Thanks for all your super suggestions. Now I have a next question, which is, what is the best way to get a podcast out? Is there one service to do this? I know of one called Podbean, but what about others out there? Oh, and for TV tunes, a good one for the show is Dance of the Cuckoo. Unfortunately, that's only for two people. Keep up the super work. Regards, Derry. Okay. I, I don't know what to make of that. I've never heard of what,
2: it. What are they trying to say? Dance of the Cuckoo for us? Shall we hear it?
1: Uh, now I know it. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's you too. I YouTube have, too. have to be honest. That seems to. Do you know what? I think that's our new theme should I think that's it. that's that is it right there. <laughs>
2: we found it. Yeah. Thank you, Darren. Thanks. Wonderful,
0: wonderful. Thank you for that. Right. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. Right. Let's uh <laughs> let's look at your question because this is an interesting one. We have talked a lot about podcasting and recording podcasts, creating them. But it's a fair question, Derry asks. What about where they actually go? What services out there are accessible? Because you've got two issues here. You've got what is good, what is worth perhaps money, and then also what is actually accessible for you to use as a blind person on your own. Uh, Now, Tim, you've got the podcast Life After Blindness. Where do you host that?
2: I actually host all my media for Life After Blindness. So every show, every MP3 that I I upload goes to a service called Blueberry, which is actually spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y. And it's one of the more popular media hosts out there. There's also one out there called Libsyn that's very, very good. And those are similar to what, uh, what Podbeam does. Now, Podbeam honestly wasn't always that caliber in in the past. I had heard some not so great things about PodBeam, but recently it appears that they've taken on a a different kind of uh, structure and rebuilding and they've got some new people and management kind of thing. And so they they are getting better. And so they are an option, but I really like blueberry because I can upload my media uh, for a certain price. They allow me up to a certain amount of, you know, of space, uh, you know, per month. And I started off at a $10 a month plan. And I realized, you know what, from what I'm wanting to do and how much uh, how much media and shows I'm going to put out each month, I want to upgrade that. There's some other benefits I could get. So I actually went to a $20 a month plan. And really that combined with my website hosting, which I actually have through HostGator, but there's so many good uh, website hosts out there as well. And that, that might be a whole other conversation, but uh, I, I host my website through HostGator for like five bucks a month and use WordPress to put up my, my shows and you know, my show notes and all that. And so, really, to host it, I'm paying about twenty five dollars a month between free WordPress, my five dollar <gasps> a month HostGator, and my twenty dollar a month Blueberry, and that's it. That's all I need. Now, of course, I've got to get all my gear, my mixer, and my you know mic, but monthly costs. That's that's all that I have, and and I really enjoy it. it, it Blueberry, their website is very accessible. Uh, I can go in and, and do different things and track my stats and all that kind of stuff, and, and it works nicely.
0: Hmm. Um. I'm trying to think what other ones are out there that are any good. I mean, this is the problem. Until people tell us what they would use, it's hard to know, Sean, isn't it?
1: Well, there's. I think we should go back to basics a little bit and how it all works because, you know, you record your audio, your show, your podcast, whatever it is, and then you need to put that somewhere so that people can access it. And that's where things like Blueberry, Libsyn, and, and Podbean come in. They're media hosts. It's, does what it says on the tin. It hosts your media. That way, um, podcast lists such as uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever else can point to that file and people can find it, search for it. So that's how it all works. And there's sort of two different ways to to, to go at it. You can go the way of a media host and, and some of those will, well, now all of those will actually list it to Apple Podcasts or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever these podcast lists for you. And most of them will also give you a web page with that hosting so if you don't want to do it separately they'll
2: give you their own web page which you can use to uh you know refer to your podcast but typically that's like um, a simplified directory listing in their own directory yes. and so you don't really get to customize that uh it's literally just a listing uh, yeah, for your show to an extent you might be able to do some things but for for the most part you can't do a lot of customization
1: no that's that's the yeah that's a limitation of it but you've also got the the far easier way is for a service such as anchor oh, or yes. what's what's the other yes i know oh. but look there there's ways where you can do it like a one shop stop where you can record and you can host all on one app. And Anchor is the only one I can think of at the minute. But I know a lot of people were using that at one point. If you just want to get into it and just give it a go, then those options are actually pretty good, I'd say, Tim. What's wrong with it?
2: Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with it. And and another one I've (sighs) seen in the past is called Zcast. I mean, there's a lot of these one-off apps that will do things like this. My issue with something like Anchor is the terms of service, and this is something that if you really want to get into this and and do longer term for a podcast, you've got to look into this because Anchor, even now, even though it's gotten a little better, they still reserve the right to a lot of your content. So you have to be very careful about what you still own. And if you host it on a media host like Blueberry or Libsyn or some other one and do your own blog and all that, you're owning the the rights to whatever happens to your show and your media. Anchor reserves the right to... Maybe take a piece of your show or some of it, put it somewhere else, or put in any kind of advertising that they want to. Especially if that is to advertise anchor, so you don't have full control and full ownership when it comes to something like anchor. Uh, control freak. And, yeah. Well, no. It's just <laughs> I want to be able to know where my my media is going and and if they're no, making right. money off of it, why am I yeah. not getting a piece of that? And so well, it's you know, just a lot man. of things money that are. Oh, stop. A lot of things that are locked down with Anchor, and they do make it very simple and very easy, and and in theory, I like the process that they have there, but when you read the, the terms of service, it, it gets a little scary about what they're controlling and what you've just lost control of, of your creative media, um, but uh, like I said, for... Something that's free, and you just want to get the word out there as to what you're doing. I, you know, it can be okay if you don't mind all that. If you're willing to spend yeah. anywhere from ten or fifteen, or maybe twenty or twenty-five dollars a month to to get a host and all that other stuff I talked about, I think it's well worth it because you have total control. You can customize everything you want and put it all up the way you want to, and even have a blog and all that. And, and I think it's worth a little bit of money. Think of it as hobby money. If you have a hobby that you you take part of, you know, it's no different than putting a little money each month into just a hobby.
0: Yeah. And there's one other one which I tried out. And actually, the the guy who's behind, I think his name's Jason. And forgive me if I got that wrong. But there's one out there called Justcast. In fact, now I'm thinking about it. I think his name's Justin. Hence why it's called Justcast. Justcast. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's Just. I think his name's Justin. (laughs) Sorry, Justin. Jason. Whoever you are. Um, Justin. It depends. I think for the tax man, he's Jason. Uh, But anyway, uh, he. He created this wonderful app called JustCast, which is very simple. It's all web-based. And what I love about it is if you've got a Dropbox account, you just drop literally an MP3 file into a folder. You create a folder called uh, Stephen's Amazing Adventures. And then you go into that and you put in episode one, episode two, episode three. And that's it. That's your podcast. It just appears in JustCast. You just link the website to it. It's very simple. And you literally have... A podcast just by dropping a file into a uh, folder and you can go into the website and you can add title and description to that file and if you want to get rid of your podcast if you think well that's old or whatever i don't want that on there anymore you just delete the file and it goes away so really really simple uh you can get it for free it doesn't cost anything to do uh but if you're going to add it to say itunes you'll for and i don't know how this works but it only shows you the top three podcasts So it restricts the RSS feed, the feed that you get the podcast Mm, from. Um, But if you pay, it's um, free.
1: Well, it's free.
0: That's true. It's a free. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you get and 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 obviously you could have a free Dropbox account up to two gig as well. Uh, It's worth saying if you're going to do this and if you if you get popular. I mean, it obviously takes a bit of time to build that up. But if you were to get you know popular at it, then Dropbox might be coming along saying, "Hey, hang on a minute." Uh, yes. you can't do I don't this. know how
1: Dropbox are gonna feel about this. Yeah. But but, yeah.
0: but I think for a, a small podcast or for you know for instructionals or whatever you might be doing, I don't think there would be a major issue with it. Uh and you, if you want to, you can of course get a paid for Dropbox subscription <laughs> and you can pay as well for just cast, and it's something like five dollars a month. It's not a lot of money. Uh and it's a good little And setup. it's accessible? Uh, very accessible. And the guy uh Justin Jason. Justin Jason, yes. W- whoever's asking. Um <laughs> He is is very responsive on email. He will come back to you and he, and that's the thing. If you can get an a a developer who gets it and implements things, I mean, you know, most of these developers don't leave the house and they barely speak to another human being, but they can answer Yay. an email. Uh so you know, it's all good. Um anyway, look, we have got so much to get through. Uh do keep your questions coming in, do keep your emails coming in. Feedback at AMI.ca call one eight six six five oh nine four five four five that's the number to call. If you do leave, uh, if you do leave a voicemail for us, you've got to tell us it's okay to use it on air. If you don't do that, we can't use it on air. Them's the rules. AMI says so, and I get in trouble otherwise. And you know me, guys. I'm always following the rules. One eight six six five zero nine four five four five. We've got a voicemail in here uh, from one of our listeners. Let's see who uh, left a voicemail.
3: Greetings. This is Stan Latrell, and this is for the folks at Double Tap. Canada. Hey, and I'm just listening to the programming. You can use this, and um, I'm just listening to the discussion of Script Talk. And I am Stan Luttrell in Medford, Oregon, and uh, I recently had the opportunity to get Script Talk through my pharmacy. I've been yapping at them for a year but because of a state law here in oregon we now have access to this wonderful service and i can't say enough good things about script talk and envision thank you very much and have a great day everybody
0: hey you too stan thank you for that and if Aww. you want to continue that uh conversation, or indeed hear the conversation we had about it last week on the show, check out the podcast on the website, doubletap.online. But you can also check out the individual article as well. Hear Tim talking about it from uh, his perspective, and also how this is uh, quite a big story, actually, in Canada. It's big news. And uh, huge. we should be talking about it more. Yeah, huge. Uh, Let's talk about guide dogs and smart canes and all that future of mobility. uh, Because, of course, The world around us is changing, and we're starting to see more and more smart technology emerging out of our canes and potentially guide dogs. Now, I don't think any of us are expecting a dog-like robot to rock up and take us to the park or wherever we want to go. I am. Sure, sure you are. All right, we are. All right, we are. Right. Okay. Well, good news is that might be the case because there is one that's doing the rounds at the moment. I mean, it is a robot dog. Whether it could be a guide dog is another story. It's actually, when you think about it, it's not really that crazy an idea. I mean, if we're prepared to put cars on the roads that drive themselves with people in them, well, why can't you just put that into a dog shaped robot?
1: Uh, I am so cynical about this. All this, you know me. I love anything smart. I, I think that technology is amazing, but I don't know when it comes to smart mobility aids. I've yet to find anything that beats the the, the norm. You know, the the long cane or the um, the canine guide dog, the, the real thing. I, I don't know. Does this stuff actually work?
0: Mm. Well, Tim, would you would you want to have, I mean you don't have a guide dog at the moment? You use a cane. Uh, would you want a smart? I mean, okay, let's say it was a cane. Let's say we had smart canes because we are seeing some of these. Uh, the we Walk cane is doing the rounds. I think you have talked to them try and get a hold of one.
2: Yeah, I've been been uh, emailing them back and forth, and I'm on a waiting list. Apparently, a long waiting yeah. list to get a hold of a demo version of We Walk, it is that popular. And Another there seems freebie. to be. <clears throat> uh, I don't want to. I don't necessarily need a freebie. Just a demo for a couple of weeks will be fine with me. Uh, at the people at WeWalk. Walk, but anyway. And um, if they
0: happen to leave it there,
2: it's well, fine. They to just leave Lost it behind. In the post yeah. exactly, <laughs> but um, but no. I mean, I, am I intrigued by the possibility of what these can do? Absolutely. Am I? At the, at the moment, fine with my my white cane, like Sean said, sure. But if I can eventually have something that's reliable that uses some sort of sensors and GPS and whatever other else, uh, you know, t- technology in it to say, you know what, there's a, a low hanging branch or there's a garbage can or there's you know whatever else going to be car. in my in my path. Yeah, <laughs> whatever whatever it on is on the pavement drives me crazy. Yes, it's like so mm. if if I Sorry, can have sidewalk. something to tell me that that's approaching. Instead of finding it first with my face or my shoulder or my cane gets stuck and then I do that pole vault kind of thing where the cane <laughs> stabs yeah. me or something. Um, that's why I've gone to kind of a side swipe instead of a front swipe because I used to stab myself in the stomach when I get my cane stuck in, in like a, a crevice in the sidewalk. Um, and so, yeah, if, if I could have a smart cane to help give me more information as an as kind of an, an addition to using my you know swiping of my cane, that would be great. And if we walk is that uh you know that device or something else, that'd be fantastic for for as the dog is concerned i, I mean i I guess if if it's something that eventually it could maybe replace an actual canine um okay, but I don't know how reliable that'll be and I say that you know being a person that relies on AI all the time every single day in my phone and my echo and all that kind of stuff. But do I want that actually leading me around in you know, oh, in the big wide come world? Come on, it's going to be I, amazing. I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll say that. I, oh I, I, no, I don't. You can't know.
0: be, can't be cautiously optimistic about it. This is going to be brilliant. Look, this is exactly what we've could all be. wanted. We all yeah. want this. We do because yes, look,
1: yes, that, we all want it. I want but it well, I'm going to say, it's not going to happen for at least hundred years. So forget Cut about that. <laughs> I'd say of five, to maybe I'll maybe get out of five to ten years. Maybe ten years. Five to ten. No way. Come okay, on. now this story you read about the robo guide dog already, Stephen. How far have they got with that?
0: Oh, who knows? And and let's be honest. It's, I think at the moment it's only a head they've built, right? Exactly so my point. The legs it's haven't been head. worked out yet. There's just there's, there's a few kinks in it, right? But look, the it's point the tail. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is that you know we, the thing about a guide dog is that it, it takes you away from obstacles, and in theory, so would a smart cane, right? So a smart cane would avoid an obstacle as opposed to do what it always does, which is walk you straight into it, and then you have to work your way around it i like the idea of the guide dog one of the things that that annoys me about guide dogs no that annoys is terrible when you say it like that um it's one of the things about guide dogs that, that I find challenging is that you can't yes. take the batteries out at the end of the day. Uh you've got to constantly look after it. It's a living, breathing thing, right? Which is absolutely why I don't have one. Because I I can barely look after myself, never mind a dog. So well,
2: you might not have a wife much longer, yeah. Well no but you <laughs> talking like that.
0: She's taking care of herself. She's doing great. But well, the I, thing, I know yeah. But that's the thing. So I mean going out and about and, and I think about going to meetings and then you think, like, Oh, I've got to take this dog outside, how annoying. Whereas actually if you don't have that problem, but you do have the dog that you can, you know, sort of bring into the office and then just plug it into the wall to charge ah, and it just sits there. No,
1: no. Ridiculous. Pipe ah, dreams. Brilliant. Why would it be in the form of a dog then? I mean, why wouldn't it be something you just, you know, a skateboard? Well, that's why the thing, Why would it be right? a horse? It could be anything. It could be a small human. Yeah. Yes. That would be That'd weird. That creepy. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> <a, yeah>, strange. <laughs> <laughs> <For you. laughs> look, the technology isn't there. Look, look at a battery. You know, on on an electric car, you're talking like a tonne and a half of battery in those things. <laughs> oh, why are you going to replace the battery on your guide dog? It does 10 feet and then runs out. No, these are decades away. It's it's
0: pointless. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, there, oh, sorry, I'm... I ruined your segment.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs>
1: No smart canes, on the other hand they that technology should be great sonar should be amazing for things like overhanging branches and obstacles that are on the sidewalk in front of you. It should be amazing for that yet I find lots of people that that just don't like them and they prefer the uh, just the standard long cane. Why is that I don't know
0: i th- I think it's partly because people are and i I get this with the cane you know you're focused so much on the information you're getting through the cane. I mean you tell someone who doesn't use a cane what what that's like they they don't get it but you do you're taking in so much information through the handle of that cane that actually yes. to add anything else to it like vibration for example that the wee walk has um that could get very distracting am I am I walking across something that requires my attention or is am I getting a call you know I want to know what is going on, and I need that information. And it's almost you need that. It's, it's the one thing that you don't want any smart tech in. You don't want any distractions at all uh, on, that, on that route. So that's maybe why I think people are, are hesitant. That's why I'm more hesitant of it, whereas a, a guide dog robot, I think, would be better because then you would have the ability to know it's doing all the work, and you're just being led. You don't have to get that information through the handle like you do with a cane.
2: But what if perhaps we don't have it in the cane or in a dog? It's in like smart augmented reality glasses that I don't know. Someone's been talking about for a long time on this show. What if, what if, uh, hmm, I wonder what, what if an app like Microsoft seeing AI or even envision AI, which we've actually talked about recently. And they're actually doing this with the Google Glass. What if we had it in glasses where it could detect a low-hanging branch? Would that be less of a distraction than the vibrating cane or or the the walking motorized dog? Is that going to be better for us accessibility-wise when that starts to really be a bigger thing? Because that's all in beta now, and we're hopeful that Apple will bring out something like that, but we don't know. But if that were to come through to fruition sooner than later, would that be a better option, Stephen? Hmm.
0: Well, I because there's like, ob-
2: object recognition and face yep. recognition and all that in there.
0: I, I I think if 5G is as good as they say it's going to be, and obviously it does depend where you are in the world. Sure. Uh, but I think if if 5G is as good as they say it is, something like Ira would be the ideal solution. Maybe not the. I mean, I know AI is getting better, but I still like the idea of a human. It does sound wonderful, but I think it opens up a big question as well. Having that technology wearable technology like that tim i think it asks it actually opens up bigger questions about how society would view us if you think that you know blind people are faking it all the time and then you come marching down the road with absolutely nothing to show your visual impairment well then i think how i'd still use my look? cane yeah but i, I mean, think I did, I you're had... talking about though is the world without the cane as well though isn't it the, the, eventually you don't have any of that Anyway, oh, look, we are I'd, we are way I'd still time use we are cane. We are way out of time. We've got to go. Uh, But listen, thank you guys for coming on. Thank you for your emails as well, folks. It was wonderful. And uh, we will look forward to catching up with you again on uh, next week's show. Uh, We're going to be talking about Braille next week. I'm looking forward to that because uh, I'm a bit of a Braille fan. And if you've got any views on Braille, the future of Braille, where we are in 2020, is it a dying thing? Have I joined the party too late or am I in just at the right time? Uh, Well, you can tell us your thoughts. Uh, You can email feedback at ami.ca. You can uh, also drop us a message on a voicemail with uh, this number, 1866 509 4545. Or, of course, don't forget to check out our website for all the latest on uh, Double Tap. uh, You get lots more from the show. DoubleTap.online is the website. And uh, don't forget you'll get the TV show there as well and all of our past shows in podcast form. Uh, That is it for us. We are out of here, guys. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hello. Thanks.
2: Bye.
1: Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark
2: Flalo and Stephen Scott. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your
3: favorite podcast provider.